Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 166, and my name is Jeff. Let me introduce you to those sitting around the table with us tonight, my trusty co-host, I don't know if he's a New York Times author, but he is a bestseller in my book. D.W., how you doing, man? Fine, thank you. And no, I would be starving if I was getting anything from being an author. But <laughs> I like writing. And it's always good to be with you. I know you're looking good. I'm. You can't help but think about what's coming up in just over a couple months away, your 50th summer at Silver Birch Ranch. What an incredible time of year for you. You know, it really is. When I look back, the, the one goal I still have is I just hope throughout this summer that people can see clearly the hand of God over 50 years. And I, I think one of the most privileged positions a person can be in is the one I have right now. For some reason, I have been here for all 50 of them. And I am thankful. I mean, I was 11 when it started, so it, it's not like I had a lot to do at the beginning. But you know, I was forced to be here. And <laughs> as I was here and enjoying what others were doing and watching others, it's 50 years later, and I'm amazed. I'm just amazed at what God has done. So be faithful in your life and hang around people that are faithful. When you're older, you get to look back and say, wow, that was cool. And Tara Kay is back on the show. Welcome back, Tara. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Tara, you're with Damascus Road. I am. Damascus Road is a faith-based nonprofit organization that helps victims of human trafficking. We also do um, advocacy work and we speak to kids and adults and community organizations, churches about human trafficking, um, how to prevent it, um, how to avoid it, what to look for if you think someone might be going through uh, or might be recruited for trafficking. And we've got all kinds of information. Um, you can find out more about us on our website, damascusroadproject.org. Cool. And it's always good to have you on the show, giving a perspective for young women that are listening, that are struggling and battling through life, trying to figure out what the purpose really is of of living life. So if you're new to the show, make sure to check out our website, hopenet360.com. A lot of stuff there. But tonight, our conversation is hopefully going to inspire some great conversations for you this week. Being brutally honest, this was a difficult couple of weeks for myself. I lost a friend that was someone that worked alongside doing suicide prevention work here in not only our area, but was leading a movement that was literally an, a worldwide movement and tragically lost her, her battle with depression a couple weeks ago. And it was just, it was a tough loss. It was tough to, to wrap my mind around. And so I've just been thinking about, you know, not only this relationship, this friendship that we had, but, you know, when there are other people that are out there that, that are maybe struggling in the same way that she was and are just looking for meaning, looking for purpose, especially when the things that you're doing in your life don't really bring you that satisfaction. And, and one thing we talk about on the show, Dave, a lot is the significance and security in life that we're all searching for. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for meaning. 
and it, it seems like the more we we focus on the world and the even the problems of this world, we're burdened for things of this world, but we lose sight of where our strength truly comes from that keeps us in that, that season of where we're using our passion, we're using our giftings, we're using our abilities to the best of our ability. And so tonight we want to talk about what it means to bear one another's burdens. Real quick off the bat, when someone says bear one another's burdens, what's the first thing that comes to mind to you, Dave? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is that you care about somebody else. I mean, we are so self-centered as a society that we can actually dismiss the pain of somebody else and go home and have supper. And we're kind of trained to do that because we can watch news. And if you haven't been paying attention, if you're going to watch news, you're going to find violence, uh, evil, people being the worst they can be to each other. You're going to hear lies and innuendos and politicians who are acting like children and all kinds of stuff. And you're going to hear this over and over again. And then you're going to say past assault, you know, at, at <laughs> yeah. supper. What's happened is we have been trained to listen to disastrous uh, results and not care and dismiss them unless they affect us. And I think it's extremely important for us to understand that when things change in this world, it's because people start saying, I care. And if you find yourself always pushing the I don't care button or, or numbing button, I would say you need to listen carefully to this program and we need to uh, see if we can help you or you need to go to hopenet360.com and, and, and talk live to a coach and say, you know what, I don't care anymore about other people. And, and I think that's the basis of the problem, Jeff. All right, let's start there. We're going to kick off this conversation right now. You can join in with us. Let us know your thoughts. What does it mean to bear one another's burdens? Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB with us on Twitter. And this conversation is just getting started here on Hope radio are you hurting stressed out need somebody to talk to chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet360.com this is hopenet radio feel free to email the show hope at hopenet360.com now back to jeff and dave hey welcome back to the show you can chat with the live coach anytime at hopenet360.com jeff dw we got tara k with us here on the show this week jason's out he'll be back probably next week i'm sure he's just itching to get back on the show but we're glad to be with you this week dave we were talking about compassion one of the things that as we're talking about this this discussion about bearing one another's burdens and and really truly empathizing with other people, that's not a, a natural thing for us to go through. I know for myself, it was about eighth grade year when I was at a, a retreat with a bunch of my friends in my youth group, and we're in the middle of this this time of just connecting with God, and, and all of a sudden, I just get this, this burden on my heart that I'm supposed to be caring about other people and loving them in a way that I'd never really had compassion for other people before. And so I, I feel like it was that moment where I was turned on to the idea of actually, actually caring and this idea of bearing somebody else's burden that I, I didn't know who this was. I, I didn't know what that meant, but I just knew that I'm supposed to be not just looking out for myself. Tara, have you gone through a time in your life where you remember that switch or, or were you always just this really caring and compassionate girl? I don't know that I remember a specific time. My mom was really involved in teaching me and my siblings how to reach out to others that needed help. In school, I got involved probably about middle school. I got involved in, you know, student council and things where we would go and do projects for the community. They had a peer mentor program. So as a peer mentor and we went into fourth 
fourth grade classrooms and talked about self-esteem and different types of issues. And I just really kind of enjoyed that ever since. So it's just always been something that's been a part of my life, whether it was my full-time job sometimes, um, really helping other people or sometimes on the side. But it's been something that I've always really felt a burden to do and have enjoyed doing. So when you read a scripture that says that we need to bear one another's one another's burdens, what does that mean to you? I think sometimes it's easy. I know in my life, I am so focused on what I have going on for the day. Self, I can be self-centered. I know that because I'm just focused on, I get up, what do I have going on for the day? And we, I don't really plan for things that, or people that come into my life that really um, have burdens that I could help them with. And I kind of have that tunnel vision of what do I got to do next? And sometimes I even find myself getting irritated when somebody comes into my life during that day that I didn't plan for and they have a need. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, I don't have time for this right now. I got problems of my own, you know? <laughs> right. But I know that that's something that God has placed in my life, a desire to help other people. It's just sometimes I like to plan for what I'm going to do that. <laughs> we all, I think, like to make plans. So I like to plan when I'm going to do that. Like, oh, I'm going to do an outreach project today, or oh, I'm going to Milwaukee to do outreach with the, the girls on the street there. It's planned, but I don't I'm sometimes I'm caught off guard for the people that come into my life on a daily basis and I wasn't really planning planning on it. And I think that's really what God wants us to be is just always available for the people that he brings in our life on a daily basis, the ones maybe that we didn't plan for. So would you say it's accurate that we should be putting speed bumps in our lane? <laughs> yeah, that at is times? true. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down, look around you, you never know. Because there's days when I, you know, have been that person that probably needed someone to help me out and I think um, when we slow down, we start to notice the, the people around us. And usually for that person, they'll get to the end of their life and they remember the people in their life that stopped and helped them out when they were in need. And I, th- I want to be one of those people. And so I know on a daily basis, I just want to go, go, go. But I want to be one of those people in somebody else's life when they look back on their life and say, you know, this person really made a difference because they helped me through a difficult time. I want to be that for somebody else. I want to be that for people in my life. But I have to make a conscious effort to do that every day and to slow down and be aware that there might be people who need me and my day might not go as I planned. I think most of us are miserable because we're too much about ourselves. We we don't live in the context of how we were made. Almost everybody, I mean, if I'm trying to go back in my mind and all of the hundreds of people that have come to me and said, you know, I've got some issues and I want to talk to you about them. Every single one of them that I can remember at this day goes back to somebody saying, I'm so focused on me, I'm miserable. And the more focused on me I am, the more miserable I become. Because God made us to do two other things, and it's outward. He made us to focus on him and one another. And as, as, as weird as that sounds, that's the way we're wired. And so when we really take care of other people, I think there's all kinds of little things in this world I would love to work on to just help us learn to focus on others and not ourselves. Even the giving of gifts. I mean, have you ever gone to a party and a bunch of gifts given and there's, you know, there's names on it, which isn't bad. So if I gave you a gift, Jeff, I'd say to Jeff from Dave, you know, yeah. and, and that's not a big deal. But what if, did you ever think about the real poor people in the room or the real rich people? The real rich people can give these really elaborate gifts. And the real poor people can give a, a sharpened your knife or something, that kind of thing, because it was a service maybe or something. And, and there's such division there. You know what I think it would be fun to do is, is have a party where nobody puts names on gifts. You just put them in the room. And, and when they're done, the people who got the gifts writes an equal thank you to everybody. You know, I mean, it's like, 
even the giving of gifts sometimes in our lives have become about us and what people think about us. We have gotten so used to being about us that it gets epidemic and we cannot figure out how to stay about us and feel healthy about life. And, And because of that, we never get healthy again. And what we need to do is practice looking at other people and getting in the habit of looking at other people in a way that we can help them be successful. Tara said something like, you know, get up in the morning. I don't know if she said it, but it sparked to me. But you get up in the morning and you're thinking, okay, I should go help somebody. But you don't see anyone to help. You get up, there's nobody outside. I live in the North Woods. There's nobody there but squirrels sometimes. <laughs> so it's not like you're going to help help them. But but what you do is you get up expecting God to use your life today to help somebody. And, and so you're looking for it all day. See, all of a sudden you're not focused. It's not like I'm living my life expecting God to meet my needs today. He is my father. He'll meet my needs. I don't need to worry about that. I need to live my life looking for my father, God, to help meet somebody else's needs today. And when I do that, I'm healthy. And when I don't do that, I'm not healthy. And it's really simple because that's the way I'm made. Man, there's so much there. And and Dave, I know that you're somebody who has a lot of compassion, but yet I think there's a there's a tension that happens. And especially for those who are maybe in, in the line of social work or a therapist uh, or some kind of a counseling background, there's a there's a tension that's there where you you want to help a lot of people. And there are so many that come to you looking for answers, looking for maybe resources, looking for something that's going to help them with their struggle. And this, there's this tension of wanting to help, but also not wanting to enable them. And we need to talk about this because that's a big word, enabling. But I think there's a, there's a right way to do this, and there's a way that's not appropriate to do this. So let's talk about that, what that really means when we come back here on this show, because it's important. There's a lot to talk about there. Join us right now in the conversation. You can be a part of this conversation with us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB or send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio and Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Our conversation tonight is about bearing one another's burdens. What that means, what that looks like. I'm Jeff, DW, my co-host, Tara Kay, in studio with us this week. And guys, what a great conversation. I think it's for those of us and many who are listening, you share that same heart where you just want to help other people. You want to pour into their life. You want to love God. You want to love other people. Nothing wrong with that. That's our mission. That's why we're here. But sometimes that's difficult to figure out what that looks like, what it really means to love people well. And Dave, we were talking a little bit before we got on the show tonight about what it means to actually love people. See, there's a difference between loving people and enabling them. What was your first experience about this tension that exists in, in leadership and in ministry and in, in working with people who have needs, have burdens? What's been your experience? Yeah, well, you know, it's always the tension between enabling somebody and empowering them or, or having a quick fix and really looking at the long term and trying to figure out what to do over the long haul uh, to fix something. And what I find that's, that's interesting to me is that all of us seem to desire that quick fix. I, I'm, I'm really hungry, so I need to down an ice cream sundae. You know what I mean? We want something to satisfy us right now as quickly as possible. 
And then we think if somebody supplies us that quick fix that they really care for us. When in reality, a quick fix is not a fix. It is just a temporary measure. Uh, we've done this in cars. I mean, all of a sudden your car starts doing something. You say, boy, I just need to fix it temporarily till I get, get it fixed permanently. And, and the fix permanently is going to be more expensive, more time consuming with more experts. And yet you really need to do that because the temporary fix is not going to last. Uh, otherwise, you're going to keep temporary fixing it till it's not fixable anymore. Yeah. Uh, our lives are the same way. I mean, for example, there was a, a young lady at, um, at a place I was at, and this young lady, a youth work that she was a part of. Like most kids, they were selling stuff for different things, whether they be Girl Scout cookies or school band trips or school trips they go on. They sell different things, and, and it's got quite sophisticated, the stuff they can sell from flowers to pizza to everything else that, that pre- people can sell online. And uh, she was asking one of the leaders there, you know, would you like to buy something? And this leader knew that she lived down two, three, four blocks from them and said, well, you know what? I don't have my, my checkbook with me, so I'd, I'd love to buy something, but you need to come over to my house so I can write you a check. And, and this young lady just stood there and looked at her like, well, can't you buy it now? You know, kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. no, I, I, I want you to come over and I want you to come over to my house and I'll have a checkbook and I'll, I'll give you an order then. It's like, well, okay. And then she goes, well, I suppose I could walk over there. <laughs> and, you know, you could see her. You could see her fishing for, I want a ride. Why don't you come to my house? Why don't you? Yeah. And, and, the, and this lady looked at her and just said, yes, you could walk over there and you should. You know, walk out of your house, come over down the street, walk up to my house and, and we'll, you know, I'll give you an order. And I'm looking at this leader just admiring her thinking, you know what? I know what you're doing. You're inviting this young lady to come over to your house so that you could look at this, you can make an order, you can spend time talking to her about different things. You're not just saying, yeah, I can quickly give you some cash here and get you out of here. What the girl wanted was, give me some cash and let me get out of here. She didn't want this other part of, of life at this moment. It's obvious she didn't. And, and not at the inconvenience of, okay, I have to do this and I'll have to walk over and I'll have to use my time. I mean, it's like, yeah, you're going to have to do that. And she was pretty firm on it. You're going to have to do this. What was very interesting to me was the insistence upon this leader to help this young lady in a way that would actually matter. It's a lot easier. You know, for me, uh, sometimes when the kids are coming after me to sell stuff, I, eventually sometimes I give them, shove some money at them, say, get out of here. That's enabling. It's like, yeah, that's what you came after. That's what I did. Right. Uh, get out of here. I don't even want to talk to you about it. I don't want to talk to you about life. I'm just getting you off my back. Yep. That isn't really helping anybody. I mean, it might help them get to their trip or whatever, but it's not really helping them in the long term. And I think it's so easy for us to do that, whether we be parents or, you know, the kids are, are moaning or something. And, and instead of really figuring out how to fix it or talk about it or do something long term to correct the situation, we just want them quiet so we can do what we're doing, you know, and, and, and we don't think in terms of actually caring long term and what we're doing to this person long-term, we're, we're thinking more of ourselves and how to solve this issue immediately. And, and that's when we become enablers instead of those who actually empower people. Uh, I think this young lady, when she's done talking to this leader that works with her, will feel more empowered, will feel better about herself, and she will be able to talk to her about issues that maybe she wouldn't in public with other people. And I think it'll turn out to be a very good time uh, if this young lady will allow it to be that. I think we need to be more of those. I, and I do know that this leader cares very much for the children that we serve. 
And so she is doing things that she thinks is best for them long term and not just relieving things in the short term. Man, so much truth in that. And I know there's an oft-quoted verse that actually doesn't exist in the Bible that goes something like, God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. And I know there's, and maybe that's a parable more or less, but there is something to be said about initiative, taking initiative. And I know there's a struggle with that. Someone who doesn't feel like they're worthy of being helped. I think there's a, there's a battle going on right now where there are many guys, maybe listening to the show, and you feel that same way, like, I'm not going to ask for help. You're never going to find me breaking down. I'm not going to surrender my... What we're really saying is I'm not really going to surrender my ego to ask for help. I don't really want to be a burden to other people. Sure, I'll care about your burdens. I'll even help you fix something. Dave, you had a story about something with a, a water a water situation in your house. and and But when we offer our services, usually that's an easier route for us. Yeah. As guys, maybe, that's, that's kind of our thing. We like to help other people with their stuff, but we don't want to be that burden for other people. Yeah, you know what? I, I did. I have a problem with, with some plumbing issues, and I was trying to figure out what to do with it, and I called a young man, and I was explaining it to him, and I, I wasn't even sure that uh, he knew what to do. I just knew he worked in the water business. And in the middle of the conversation, he started to say, well, we need to do this and we need to do that. And you know, when he used the term we, I calmed down immediately because I thought, you know, he's sharing my burden with me. He's saying we, and, and I said, well, I don't know how to, he goes, well, I know how to do that. I'll come up and do that. Because he's, he's from down in the valley and I live up in the Northwoods. He said, well, I'll come up and do that. I'll, I'll look for a time where I can run up there and take care of this. And I'm thinking, you don't have to own this. This is my problem. And I'm coming to you asking advice, but instead of just advice, he's realizing I could give you advice and it will be worthless because you can't do anything with it. I can tell you what to do, but you're not capable of doing it. And so what was that like? Was that humbling when he offered it? Oh, it was a great relief. It was a great comfort. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, I mean, we're talking about something simple like plumbing. I, we're not talking about, you know, life catastrophe here. But in the same respect, it was very calming and very wonderful to be able to sit there and go, this person is willing to share my burden. And even if it costs them time to come all the way up here and all the way down. And I appreciated that very much. And it, it's, I think that's what it talks about when you're sharing each other's burdens. In the second half of HopeNet Radio, we're going to talk about what this means to bear one another's burdens, and do it in a way that's healthy. Yet, you're going to have to be poured out, you're going to have to be used, you're going to have to open yourself up to being abused. And and that's not an easy thing to say or an easy thing to understand. But we're going to talk about that when we come back here on the show. So don't go anywhere. Keep it locked in here on the show. We have show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com. Also, our live coaches are available. If you're struggling tonight, you just need to talk to somebody live right now. A live coach at HopeNet360.com is waiting to chat with you tonight. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. I choose to be taken seriously, to take a stand for what I believe in, to no longer believe the lies that have been told about me or my generation. I know I've been set apart. The old me has passed away, but the new me has come. Yes, I speak with purpose in my words. Yeah, they travel far and they dig deep. See, these words that I speak when I speak turn into seeds that fall on the fertile ground. And when the rain comes, <laughs> when the rain comes, that what you thought was there will rise from the ground. And not just rise from the ground, but rise strong and powerful, unafraid and unashamed. See, I rise from the ground when my back is against the wall. I rise when all else fails. I rise when people judge me and mistreat me. I rise when my friends turn away. I rise. I am that seed. I rise. 
What about you? Rise Youth Conference, April 28th and 29th at Pathways Church in Appleton. Learn more at riseyouthconference.com. That's riseyouthconference.com. Hi, my name is Melissa. While I was still in my Matthews, God reached down and touched my life. I felt more hope than I had ever felt before. That's what brought me to Teen Challenge. I am so grateful. God's given me my life back. Hey, I'm Francesca Battistelli. Teen Challenge has helped thousands of teens and adults across the country end their addictions through the power of Jesus Christ. You can call them toll-free at 1-855-END-ADDICTION or visit teenchallengeusa.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. So glad you've joined us this week for this conversation. If you do miss any part of it, do subscribe to our HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Check out HopeNet360.com slash podcast iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, any app that you would use, you could take our RSS feed, plug it in, away you go. Find all of our episodes there. Lots of great conversations, and hopefully this one tonight is encouraging you to have meaningful conversations with people in your life that just need to talk about this. Bearing one another's burdens. Galatians 6 talks about this very thing, that we need to bear up one another's burdens. Now, it's a struggle just the same to live out, because oftentimes our nature isn't too, like you talked about, Tara, usually we're just at at 100 miles an hour in our own lives, and we're just trying to figure out how do we get through the day, get everything done that we need to get done, whether it's at our jobs around the house, get things cleaned up there, uh, whatever, taking care of the kids, our families. There's a lot of responsibilities that we all have in our own lives. We have our own burdens to bear. Then we think about caring for somebody else, their burdens. It's like, I got to make room for that. Like, I don't know if I have time for that. Jeff, DW, Tara K on the show this week. Tara, you were kind of talking about some of this stuff. Working in anti-human trafficking, you've worked with many different people Anyone from survivors, people that have been rescued from the industry themselves, uh, those who are also part of anti-trafficking as well. This is a struggle for anybody who is in any kind of social work, isn't it? Where you just have to figure out, is there a line? Where is that line? How do I help somebody who is, you know, has been victimized? They've been hurt. They've been abused. They're in need of some help, but then also not enabling them because that tends to happen often as well, that people will just try to look for a handout rather than actually getting well again. That happens all the time, working with with trafficking victims and victims of sexual exploitation. When I work with girls and women who have been exploited, you know, they need a lot of help. And when I was first new at this, I've been doing this a long time now, but when I was first new, I just wanted to help them. A lot of people who want to volunteer and help us, we always need volunteers, but that's why we like to teach them and train them how to help because a lot of people do want to bear other people's burdens, but they just want to, you know, show them so much love and just give them whatever they need. And that's not always the best way. Just giving someone what they need right away isn't helping them long term. Um, we have a lot of women who we try to convince them to get out of the, the life that they're in and, and we provide them and help them to find a place where they can stay. Um, I've toured a lot of different rescue homes and I think the best ones are really ones that help these women. They help them immediately because they have a lot of need immediately. They need shelter. They need clothing. They have those needs right away. But then they set up a plan for them of how to help them to be self-sufficient and not just giving them 
you know, right away they provide shelter, but they don't just give them money. Um, they don't just give them everything that they really need because I think when you do that, and it can be a challenge. I, I, I did that early on right away. I just wanted to help someone so bad that I just gave them, gave them money. I maybe took them into my home when I probably shouldn't have. I realized what that was doing was that was helping their immediate need, but it wasn't helping them long term. And I was really robbing them of an opportunity to grow through struggle because we grow when we struggle, but nobody wants to actually struggle. Hmm. So I think what the best idea to do instead of enabling someone is to empower them, just like Dave was talking about earlier by saying, how can I help you through this? Not here's some money, go do what you need to do and I can be on my merry way. But how can we do this together? There's going to be struggle. How can I help you to be self-sufficient? How can we do this together so that this person that you're, you're helping ends up being self-sufficient and, and learning things in the process and you're not robbing them of that, that period that they're going to go through, through struggles, but they're going to learn through that. If you just hand them what they need, the cycle is going to continue and they're not ever really going to change or become self-sufficient. So I think the process of changing it into the the we of letting the person that you're helping know it's going to be difficult, but I'm here for you. I'm here to go through that with you and I can help you through those times where you need someone to talk to. In our situation, we help people find a different job. I can help you find a job. I can teach you how to write a resume. I'll teach you those things, but I won't do it for you. How can we do it together? I think is just so important to remember into helping someone be empowered versus enabled. Dave, scripture often points us back to people as sheep, doesn't it? I know we've talked about this this concept many a time, but how does this how does this all tie in? How does the shepherd relate to his sheep and make his sheep self-sufficient? Do sheep ever become self-sufficient? You know, they, they do and they don't. I mean, honestly, there's so many things about sheep. Uh, we've talked before. They're not made where they can fight at all, and yet they're surrounded by enemies, so they have to depend on the shepherd best thing we can do for anybody is teach them how to depend on the shepherd and, and know where the shepherd is and obey the shepherd because the shepherd will keep them. Likewise, when a, when a sheep falls down, they, they have trouble getting up. They can't get up. They can be surrounded by a bunch of other sheep. They can't get up, but the shepherd can get them up. They're very vulnerable when they're down like that. And again, what we can do to empower people is to train them where the shepherd is and to stay in view of the shepherd and to recognize the shepherd's voice. And if you're listening tonight and you're thinking, how can I help somebody? You can train them who the shepherd is and where the shepherd is and how to listen to the shepherd. That's what you can do. And that will help them and empower them rather than enable them. You don't want to make it so that the shepherd is out of view and they can make it somehow without him. The, the Bible is full of this. I mean, it's full of, of the, the idea of um, if they don't work, they don't eat. In other words, boy, the problem isn't that they're not eating. The problem is that they're not working. And so if they're not working, they shouldn't eat. So to empower them, give them a job, not just a handout, I mean, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some that can't work. The Bible's clear about that. Orphans, you take care of. Right? They can't do anything. They can't take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So you take care of them. Uh, Widows, you take care of. But they have to be widows indeed. There's a definition for them. And and that's because of the the problem that comes from just giving them something but not empowering them. Uh, When I go to the mission field and I've worked with groups over there, the missionaries are always very concerned that you just don't give those out there a handout. They say, it will ruin our work. Don't do that. Mm. 
See, what are they concerned about? They're concerned about you fixing something temporarily, but long-term destroying the work that they're doing to empower the people. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to have the same view here in the United States. When we're looking at children, we're looking at people to help, we're trying to, to fit into a church, whatever. Let's look through the lens of God and what God is doing to conform people to his image and see if we can't get in in what he's doing and help empower people rather than just fix it real quickly. Yeah, and there is that tension. And maybe tonight as you're listening to the show, you're thinking, the last thing you want to be is a burden to somebody else. Look, I get that. I'm the first one to say the same thing. I'd rather I'd rather talk about your problems than talk about my problems because in the end, I really don't want to be known as somebody who just continues to to just dump and let things out on somebody else and make it somebody else's problem. I actually want to care about other people. And there's a struggle with that, too, because I know for myself and, and those who are compassionate people, there's this quote that a good friend of mine had, as we were talking, had this conversation, and, and he said this quote, he said this that kind of shook my world in some ways, like, healers need healing. And and I was taken aback by that because it's it's so true. Those who are compassionate people, you also need to have somebody who is bearing up your burdens. Yeah, I know I know the feeling. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be stressing somebody else out. But you know what? We all need to bear each other's burdens. And so it is important to actually have those dialogues and talk about talk about things that are difficult to talk about. What's weighing on your heart? And one of the things that you kind of talked about or, or alluded to, Tara, was that we can't take away the pain but we can at least unload some of that burden a little bit, you know, start to just peel off the layers. One thing that weighs down a sheep, Dave, is that when they get stuck in the mud or they, they end up in like a watering hole or something and all of that, all that fur, all that wool on them gets so bogged down that they can't move. And so eventually the only way to make that sheep survive, the only way to give that sheep a chance to, to make it is you got to shear the sheep. Otherwise, it's going to be so heavy, burdened, and not able to walk, not even able to stand up, let alone move. So that happens in our own lives. We're going to talk about that when we come back here on the show. Join us on the tweet back. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking tonight on the show? Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Tara K tonight here on HopeNet Radio. And Tara, I understand you've got a, a documentary preview coming up in May. Tell us a little bit about this new documentary that you're going to be showing. Well, for anyone who wants to learn more about some of the things that I've been talking about on the show about human trafficking and sex trafficking, this would be a great event to attend. It's going to be in Oshkosh at the Best Western Hotel on May 7th um, at 3 p.m. And it's a documentary called I Am Jane Doe. And it's going to cover a lot of different things dealing with sex trafficking. They're going to be interviewing in the film. They interview people and lawyers who've been working to fight against advertising sex ads and escort ads on different websites like Backpage. If you've been paying attention to the news, that's a website kind of like Craigslist where escorts are advertised. And that's a way that um, people have actually been trafficked through that. So they're going to talk about that. And then um, some of the lawyers that help to bring cases against Backpage on the interview, people who were victims as well and survivors. So it's a really good introduction to trafficking if you're not familiar with it, or if you've always had an interest in it, you can come and learn more about it. One of the things that we really focus on at Damascus Road is prevention education for specific 
specifically young people because the average age of entry into forced prostitution is 12 to 14 years old. So traffickers are looking to recruit young people, middle school, high school. So some parents I know thought this is a little inappropriate. I don't want to expose my child to it. But our organization, we go and speak in high schools, middle schools. It's so important for kids to know. First of all, we found that kids were really interested in the topic. And second of all, we found that it's just so crucial for them to know about this as a prevention method. You know, we don't want this to happen to anybody that we, anybody at all, but especially someone that we know. And we really want kids to be empowered with the knowledge so Mm -hmm. that they can either maybe help someone else who they might suspect is being recruited, or if someone approaches them throughout their life, asking them some typical questions that recruiters ask them or traffickers ask to try to recruit someone. So it's just important that people be aware of what is going on in our area and what's going on nationally as well. And this is a good way to introduce it to someone who may have never been exposed to the realities of human trafficking. All right. So I am Jane Doe, the documentary. Who is putting this on? Damascus Road is putting this on. That is the organization that I am part uh, part of in the area. It's a nonprofit organization. We help victims of human trafficking in Northeast Wisconsin and across the country, really. Um, we've done Super Bowl outreaches. We go to hotels. We do hotel outreaches where we give them information about how to spot someone who might be trafficked. We do education in schools, prevention education, um, and assist survivors as well. Yeah. So it's... Um, a great organization in Wisconsin, and we are always looking for volunteers and people to help out with different activities that we do, especially in the Fox Valley is mainly where we're located, but we do help victims throughout Wisconsin as well and throughout the, the country. Can you tell me what the significance is of Jane Doe? John Doe is someone who is unidentifiable. And I think what this documentary is doing is it's giving a face to human trafficking, to the people that we don't know. Trafficking in our country, our country is one of the largest receiving countries of trafficking victims, and kids are being recruited within our country to the hundreds of thousands within our own country. So we don't know all their faces. We don't know all their names. I mean, I've working with this issue for a long time now. I've learned names and I tell their stories when they want me to. But we don't always know everybody's story. And I think, you know, if this is something that you've heard of maybe before or heard of that's it's something that's happening overseas, but you didn't it never touched you personally. This is a way for you to come see the film and really hear about people's personal stories, because we don't want it to be anyone else's personal story. Everyone who's involved in this film, I mean, put a face to human trafficking, that it wasn't just an issue. It was something that happened to people's lives. And it it's something that we definitely don't want to happen to anyone else. That's a key thing for Damascus Road is we want to prevent it. If you're you know, interested in more information about Damascus Road, you can visit our website, damascusroadproject.org. If you're interested in attending the, uh, the event or seeing the trailer for the movie, you can check it out on hopenet360.com. Mm-hmm. The event is free, but we do need uh, you to get a ticket so we know how many people are coming. So you can get the link right on the website, hopenet360.com. You can get the link, you can get the trailer and just see what it's all about. Bring a friend. Terry, you took the words out of my mouth. All of those links, the trailer, it's in our show notes tonight, hopenet360.com. Also, they're live coaches. Chat with one of them. If you're going through something tonight, you'd like to learn more about how to live your life to the fullest, coaches are a great way to check that out. Hopenet360.com is where it's at. We'll keep this conversation going here on Hopenet Radio. Love Hopenet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. 
Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're wrapping things up here on HopeNet Radio, but the conversation will continue online for a few more hours or anytime this week as you're listening on the show on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Share your thoughts. We read your tweets. We'll retweet them. If you have a question or a thought or maybe a topic to share with us that you'd like to cover on HopeNet Radio, we would love to talk about what matters to you. So share that with us on the tweet back, hashtag HNRTB. Jeff, DW, Tara K, wrapping up the show tonight. Guys, what an important conversation that needs to be had about bearing up one another's burdens. Galatians 6 talks about this very thing. 1 Corinthians 13 is a very reputable passage talking about love, what love really looks like. And one of the things that Paul writes in that passage is that love bears all things and endures all things. And when we really care about somebody else, when we love other people, it endures all things. That's what Paul is writing about here. And that's sometimes that's a difficult thing. Tara, what's, what's one of your final thoughts about our conversation tonight? I think it's just so important that we just stop and, and look for the people in our life that need someone to be there for them. And that we're also able to be vulnerable ourselves, that when we have burdens, really connect with someone who can we can share that with. I know that you said this earlier. I agree with the same thing. Sometimes I don't want to burden anyone else with my burdens, but it's important because God created us for us to be in community and he created others to use others to reach out to us when we have a burden that we need help carrying, but he also wants us to help those who need us. One of the most important things is when you're struggling and you're going through something, in those times you're focused on what you're going through, but when you step out and you even, in those times you think, well, I've got my own burdens I'm dealing with. I can't really help anybody else right now. But when you do that, that's usually when your burden becomes lifted. When you step outside of what you're going through to help out someone else, suddenly the things that you were facing seem to be easier to carry. What a powerful statement. I mean, I know that feeling. I don't want to be a burden to other people. But I think it's also important to, as we want to empower ambassadors in our community to be eyes and ears and be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we need to understand that it's not our burden to carry ourselves. That even as people who are compassionate, who, who empathize with those who are struggling, it's not yours to carry alone. It's not even yours that you should want to take it away from that person. But just like you said, Dave, there's a point where we can at least say things like, we need to do this. We, including ourselves together, like it's not a you and I or you or I, or it's just you. It's we. We are going to do this. We're going to make it through. We're going to see this all the way through. And I'm going to be here for part of the journey, maybe all the journey, but you're going to get through this. You're going to see the end of this struggle, this battle. It's not going to be a forever thing. And I know, Dave, you've got a lot of wisdom through the years. You've had these conversations with many different people through the years. What are some of your final thoughts here tonight? It's uh, very true that we want to be able to share each other's burden. And, and the problem for us so often still is that we focus on ourselves while we're thinking we're trying to help solve the problem. But we're not because we're too focused on self and we're not willing to give what we need to. In Haggai, that's the whole problem. People were busy with their own lives and yet God's work was just falling apart and they were saying they were concerned about it, but they weren't really concerned about it. In fact, Haggai said, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house or God's house lies in ruins? And it goes on and it just says, consider your ways, consider your ways, consider your ways. Any culture, any society that becomes self-absorbed will destroy itself. We cannot do that. Any democracy, true democracy destroys itself. Our forefathers did not like democracies. They liked republics. That's why we are a republic. 
But democracies, they said, really struggle because people have the ability to vote for themselves, to vote benefit to themselves. And if people have an ability to vote benefit to themselves, then pretty soon people are doing that. And those who actually have needs and those who are outside of their, their inner circle, they don't get anything and, and we ignore them. It's very important that we understand that we were made a certain way. We were made to focus on God and we were made to focus on each other, but we weren't made to make sure that we were okay. That's what God does. And even as we talked about sheep earlier, if I'm going to help you and Tara and anybody else, I'm a fellow sheep. So the thing I need to do is realize I can't fight for you because I can't fight either. I can't even get off the ground myself if I fall down, and I can't get you off the ground because I need to stand on my four feet. And there's all kinds of awkward moments if I'm a, if I'm a sheep. However, the thing I can do to help you in life is get you focused on the shepherd. And I can show you that I can listen to the shepherd and I can show you where the shepherd is and I can give you confidence in the shepherd because I have confidence in the shepherd. And that's what I can do. And I can do that in my life for you. And when I do that for you, I become healthier. You become healthier. The whole flock becomes healthier. And that's how we ought to be living is thinking about each other. And and that's where a lot of our problems lie. If you're listening tonight and you're you're disappointed with God, you don't know the shepherd. Or if you're angry with God, you don't know him. Or if you feel like your life is a waste, you don't know the shepherd. And I would invite you to get to know the shepherd. Contact the coaches at hopenet360.com and, and talk to them about how you feel. And, and let's, give us a chance to help direct you to the shepherd. And it's worth saying tonight, if you're struggling out there and you've been feeling burdened yourself, and maybe you've talked to many people and and sometimes what ends up happening eventually is that people will kind of fall away or they're going to go back to their own lives and you're going to feel like you're just alone out there. I think it's so important to look at yourself spiritually. One thing that God encourages us through his word in Psalms 55 verse 22 says that we can give our burdens to God. We can give them to him and he will take care of us. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And I find it so true that in the midst of our despair, in the midst of our struggle, our burden, carrying these heavy burdens, maybe it's more than just relational. Maybe it's, you know, it's, it's physical. There are things that, that happen in our lives. We get a, 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 a negative or, or a, a difficult diagnosis that we have to process through. And, and there are some that are around us that understand it and other people that don't understand it. They don't know how to empathize with that struggle or that battle, having to go through treatments that are uncomfortable, that are, you know, that you would rather not go through. I mean, we, of all people, I would probably be the first one to tell you, I don't like pain. I don't think anybody really loves pain, truly. I mean, that's it's not something we were wired to experience. God didn't create us for pain. That's not a, a part of his creation that he intended from the beginning. That's a result of sin. And, and so now we're fallen. We experience pain and we deal with that in a real way. And so now we're in a world that experiences pain, experiences death. It experiences disease and perils of all different kinds. But it's important that we take time. You don't have to solve everybody's problems. You don't have to solve or carry everybody's burdens entirely. But to just have the mindset that I want to just be here today, be used by God. God, use me in some way today. That's That would be our prayer. If that's your prayer, you're on the right track 
to caring and bearing other people's burdens and and truly loving people. That's what it's all about. That is all for us here on HopeNet Radio. I hope this encourages your conversations this week to be positive, to be life-giving. Connect with us. We'd love for you to do that on our tweet back tonight. It's going on 24-7 at HopeNet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTV. You can find the show notes and download these and past episodes for free by subscribing to our podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.